Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. With his good looks, magic right boot, and penchant for queuing, David Beckham is a national treasure. But you didn't tune in to hear about all that. From nobbing his PA to the stag do of the millennium, meet the real David Beckham. I'm Jack Rivlin. I'm joined as always by Zach Sweeney Lynch. Hello, Jack. Hello, mate. Sound a bit nervous at the prospect of today's emergency pod. Yeah, it was a it was a last minute prep, but it's a cultural moment that we have to tune into, right? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the David Beckham docks out, so we thought we need an emergency podcast yeah. on it. Admittedly, about two weeks after its release, but hey, yeah, I was going to say it's not really an emergency because... when everyone's watched the podcast two weeks ago <laughs> and it's left the discourse. <laughs> is it even on Netflix anymore? <laughs> it's gone to DVD. Sorry, and that voice is the sound of our specialist for Britain's most iconic shaggers. And that specialist is Mr. Mickey Down. Hello, guys. I'm back. So, to be clear, I'm not saying you are one of Britain's <laughs> yeah. most iconic shaggers. Just a fan of on shaggers. Yeah. Uh, you guys, listeners, might remember Mickey from the Tiger Woods and Wayne Rooney episodes. So if you enjoyed those, you'll definitely love this. Um, I think I'm probably going to be playing more of the bad cop when it comes to talking about the shagging side. You said mischievous cop before. Mis- <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was trying to think of where. I mean, Which isn't I lo- a thing. I mean, I love... It's not good cop, bad cop, and mischievous cop. <laughs> it's just good cop, bad cop. Well, I love David What's... Beckham, so I don't want to be full bad naughty cop. Naughty cop. But I, I, want to, I want to be naughty cop. What's Mickey's role, then? He's very much He's... good cop. When I called Mickey, he was like, oh, not Bex, no. I'm the balanced cop. I'm the balanced cop. <laughs> balanced cop. <laughs> also not a real cop. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, as I said at the top of the show... He's a national treasure, Isaac. So is Nicholas Bentner in his country. <laughs> we still slagged him off the kingdom come. In Denmark. Yeah, exactly. He's a Our Danish fans are up in arms. Yeah, I mean, Shane Warne again. Love them. I love Shane Warne more than I love David Beckham, but, you know, it doesn't Tiger mean... Woods, national treasure. Yep. Yeah, mm. sort of. In Florida. <laughs> yeah. So have, have both of you watched any of the Beckham documentary? I've on watched uh, about... 25 minutes of it <laughs> at two times speed at two times speed <laughs> for work purposes just, yeah yeah, yeah. Just, uh, not I've watched pre, a bit of it I've, I've really really enjoyed it yeah how early thoughts well, I just think it's um, I guess it's it's brought back a lot of memories of that period stuff that I've forgotten I sort of forget how massive he was I know obviously he's huge now but in that period when there was no social media he was absolutely mm. enormous um, my wife's criticism was that there was too much football in it which yeah. uh, I can I can somewhat agree with but, there's a lot of football. There's a lot of football, it's but it's a bit a, too much. But also, it's 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 all moments that I remember. Yeah, which is why I like yeah. it. My wife came away from it saying she thought the nicest guys in it were Roy Keane and Alex Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? They do come across yeah, well. I think it's because they might be involved in the making of the documentary. Yeah, yeah. And also, Glenn, Glenn Hoddle is like the evil villain. Yeah. My, my, Daisy, my wife, who actually was like first when Glenn Hoddle came on screen, she used to be a Tottenham mascot. So she said. Oh, Glenn Hoddle, I've met him. And then by the end of the second episode, she was like, I hate Glenn Hoddle. Yeah. I'm like, Glenn Hoddle has come out. Obviously, you've got to pick villains. And you know, he, he turned down the opportunity to 
be in the documentary, apparently. Oh, so instead they portrayed him as evil? Yeah, yeah. Do they yeah. mention the fact that he thinks disabled people are reincarnations? <laughs> I was about to say, if, if, he, if he thinks the public reaction to this is bad, wait till the next life. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on to Glenn Hoddle. We'll come on yeah, to all okay. of it. We'll Think again. of this podcast as the companion to the doc, where we go into the stories that, for obvious reasons, the fell on the cutting room floor. Yeah, the Beckhams <laughs> didn't want to mention. Should we dive into to Beckham's early years? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So Beckham was born uh, in a place called Whips Cross in Leytonstone in East London, which. Whips Cross is it's a, it's a very appropriate name for yeah. a man who made his name whipping crosses into yeah. the box. It's um, <laughs> <That is> mad. <laughs> it's quite, yeah. That is weird. So it's like it's scripted for a Netflix documentary. Yeah. Or a pod. <laughs> so Beckham, in, in uh, 1991, he joined Man United as a, as a trainee. So he's part of this class of 92, along with like Gary Neville, Paul Scholes, Ryan Giggs, Nicky Butt, this like legendary um, Man United youth team. Um, and he, he kind of makes his name at the start through scoring these really spectacular goals. So, um, you probably remember this goal that he scored from the halfway line against Wimbledon. Um, and he scored another one from a, from a corner when he was on loan at Preston. Um, but alongside this sort of, these spectacular goals, he also becomes kind of an icon for his looks as well. So he, uh, he signs a four million pound deal with, Brill Cream, the uh, like hair gel company, hair which, gel supplier. You know, yeah, I don't know if anyone has actually worn that since Prince since Philip. Like the, yeah. Prince, yeah. It is quite old school. Yeah. So, old school. so I went. I, I was looking. I, was, I didn't really know what Brill Cream was. I went to look on their uh, website, and the first thing it says under "About Us" was Brill Cream was an instant hit with British soldiers during World War Two. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Prince Philip wasn't, like, wasn't rationed. Maybe need a. It's like if you want that, like literally, your hair painted to your hair, yeah, look. wet look, wet look. Yeah, yeah. which I yeah. guess was a bit of the fashion then. He was doing that wet in look in the 1940s. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, they had the full slip. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. thinking of Beckham in the or 90s. Beckham, yeah. <laughs> but I think if you're still marketing your product as as a product liked by World World War Two soldiers <laughs> yeah. in in 20, the 2020s, well, they needed a, needed a revamp no. of the image. Obviously, I'd say now it does have slight. Like BNP energy for real cream. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like, yeah. it's what the boys won. It was like a World War Two to Beckham to Gareth Gate to, to the BNP. Yeah. <laughs> Does BNP That's even exist anymore? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it on sale. No. But apparently, yeah, it did, didn't go down too well with them when he shaved his head. <laughs> Which was Short, 300 quid. Shortly after. What, the head shaved? Head, yeah. I remember, I actually remember that at the time being. How? Like, I don't know. I mean, Who did it? Like I a, don't know. Some. <laughs> Someone that, that's a rip-off merchant, I guess. Yeah. But it did cost 300 quid. And presumably also the lost earnings from Brill Creamers. Yeah. Um, so at so this point, he's, he's like living in Manchester. He's a young man. Um, a few years ago, he uh, he came out on Desert Island Discs and he, he talked about, uh, he said that he went to, went to Hacienda one time. He talks with, about that in documentary, but yeah. then he does this really weird thing where he's like, I've never been to the Hacienda. All right, I have. Yeah, I like, think he's yeah. lying, and he never went. I don't think he never went either. Yeah, well, yeah. I can't imagine him there because because he because yeah, the way he says he goes, no, I didn't go, and he goes, actually, I might have gone once or twice. And it's like, so like, you didn't go. You didn't go. <laughs> so I don't think Bex really does any time in the Hacienda, does he? Or even on on like Manchester nightlife. Mm. So uh, like, I did a bit of digging into the tabloid. The tabloids once he made it really big. The tabloids interviewed his like previous girlfriends. This is before Posh Spies, and so one of them said. He only wanted to kiss and talk about Arsenal with my dad over cups of tea because my dad supports Arsenal. Another one said, 
Um, he asked her out by saying, do you fancy a chicken tikka bap? <laughs> um, all, a unifying theme between loads of them was that he never wanted to have sex. He just wanted to kiss loads and, and cuddle. And then one of them said, looking back, his lifestyle was verging on the boring. <laughs> it's quite just like, because uh, he says in the doc, he was like, I was a bit of a lonely guy, just like sort of taking free kicks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's basically what he says, isn't it? Well, he's, yeah, and, and Victoria just sort of speaks for him and says, none of, neither of us had any mates. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's basically the case, isn't it? Or, like, things really change for him when he meets Posh. So, apparently, he he says something like, I fancied my wife off the telly and she fancied me out of a sticker album. So, they both, like, liked the idea of each other. And they meet at a United game in the, like, bar afterwards. And apparently, he's so shy, he can barely speak. And she's like, you're pretty weird, but yeah. you're good. But they both talk about the fact that they fancy each other a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And she, so she, she gets them to swap numbers and they meet up in a car park for their first. Uh, yeah. I, I thought that was really weird. They, why? Because why like, they're there? really paranoid about the press. Oh, yeah, the press. Wasn't it Harvest? Was it Harvest? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the like Carvery place. Yeah. And another little detail there is uh, Bex had to break it off with his current girlfriend at the time, Julie Killeer, who ends up marrying Phil Neville. Wow. Which is a bit of a fucking downgrade for poor Julie, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Poor Julie. Was Beckham present at the wedding? I think Presumably. so. They're, they're yeah, pretty yeah. good mates, him yeah. and the Nevilles, particularly Gary, but I, I mm. guess so. And he hires Phil uh, into Miami later, right? Yeah. And also fires him. All right. Well, anyway, so he, in the doc, he mentions he does like four hour round trips to see Posh for 10 minutes. He's properly obsessed at this point. To kiss a lot. Yeah, just to go and kiss and cuddle because he's pretty frigid by the stand of park. Yeah, yeah. Any, any carvery. Yeah. Uh, Fergie, Alex Ferguson's getting pretty pissed off at this point. Um, and there's one, you know, he talks about it in the doc that he's really angered by it. There's one occasion where during a pre-match team talk, they're in the dressing room and Beckham's phone goes off and Fergie just grabs it out of his hand and throws it in a bin and just smashes it. So like, it's already on everyone's radar that uh, Fergie kind of hates this showbiz direction Beckham's going in. But, you know, Beckham's loving that life and he gets engaged to Posh after 10 months. She buys him a ring as well, 50 grand. Mm, wow. Both buy each other's each other rings. Who's earning more money at this point? Because she it, is. Yeah, because the documentary point. makes it seem like he's just spending everything all the time. Yeah, I think... And how much was you... Like, I'm just trying to think of sort of championship manager maths. Like, 20 grand yeah. a week, like that kind of money. I think mm. early noughties, he starts making bank and then Madrid's obviously next level and then again. Yeah. And, but, mm. you know, she's also at the peak of the Spice Girls at this time. She's touring. Mm. She's, yeah, yeah. She's the biggest she's ever going to be in music. Yeah. And she's touring away a lot, right? She's away from home. And already at this point, there are rumours that Beckham has been a bit of a dirty dog on Posh. Mm. So, (laughs) and with permission, with permission from the legal team, (laughs) I would like to tell you about a page three girl called Emma Ryan, who claims at the time that her and Bex have had a kiss on his sofa while Posh is away on tour. And she she says they play a game of strip scrabble. What does that mean? Strip know, Scrabble, how does I've that been work? literally racking my brains all afternoon <laughs> about how this game would work. Is it like triple world, word score means remove clothes? Remove your yeah. yeah. Also, I can't imagine the words they're putting down at like that. It's quite Sex. a slow game yeah. as well. Yes. <laughs> 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 do, you think it's like, do you think it's like letter based? I think whoever yeah, wins get, each you... round gets to make them take an item of clothing off. Yeah. I think. Do they not have a, pair of, a, a pack of cards? Yeah. <laughs> or just like, just, <laughs> just get naked if you want. <laughs> Certainly not Scrabble. Yeah. I've never played Scrabble just, before. I never. was going to try and make a witty joke about like what you, you know, how you score, but I've never ever played. Triple words. You never played Scrabble? No, never. No? Not never. Strip Scrabble even? No, not Strip. <laughs> 
Are you missing out, mate? Still time. Uh, anyway, so this girl, Emma Ryan, claims it in an interview with the tabloids, and the story breaks while Posh Spice is away on tour. And Posh Spice actually writes about this in her book. Um, she's Denying she, it all. Yeah, she well, Bex calls her denying it, and she doesn't believe him at first, but... And and she when she first sees him, she says, quote, I walked straight up to him and just swung at him, punched him in the face. So she's pretty fucking angry, mm, understandably. Yeah. Mm. But she does eventually accept his explanation, which is that they did not get together. Emma Ryan pops up years later when um, Rebecca Luce, when that whole story comes out, and says, oh, actually, it wasn't just a kiss. We shagged. Oh, really? All this stuff. Mm. I think there was some more detail on the Scrabble, which <laughs> I'll spare you. <laughs> What? <laughs> what he, put, he put down x-ray on, <laughs> on a triple word score and <laughs> you get that x and a triple yeah. you're fucking laughing surely all their kit comes off at that point <laughs> you got chi, chi chi oh you know about chi oh, yeah. Mickey doesn't know about I'm chi I'm just nodding along if you ever have an x or a q in um, Scrabble put it on the triple word score which is the letter I after it it's a real Scrabble word yeah. what about triple X is that, is no, that, is that no there's only one X in the bag mate. Okay. you should know that <laughs> well, how would I know you that? lose take your clothes off <laughs> <laughs> show us some nipple <laughs> anyway so their relationship survives, survives games of strip Scrabble with page three girls that may or may not have happened but it certainly sets the rumour mill going and from then on there's always like little tabloid speculation like I think there's a headline the tabloids cook up a headline, um, Beckham's new bird, and it's him taking up falconry. And there's another one where he <laughs> cheats in a game and it's Beck's cheat storm. So like mm. the, the tabloids are like already trying Just to teasing like, everyone. Wink, wink, mm, nudge, yeah. nudge, yeah. all this shit. You know, they're real bastards at this yeah, point. Yeah. Anyway, Beckham's a superstar and he goes to the World Cup. He's plays in every qualifier for England. Glenn Hoddle's like, you're my golden boy. But I, the documentary suggests that they fall out over Beckham going on holiday with Posh. That basically, just before the World Cup, Beckham goes to the Caribbean with Posh. He's barely seen her. And this is where he's photographed wearing the infamous sarong. The tabloids, they have like Posh frock and all this shit. Yeah. And uh, Glenn Hoddle isn't impressed. He drops him for the first two games of the World Cup. Because of that. Well, no one ever really knows why, but crimes against Ken fashion. Ken a quite, you know, new agey British guy. Certainly new age, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think Hoddle is affronted by Bex's superstar vibe because he picked him for every qualifier. the only England player to play in all the qualifiers. And then he just randomly goes off him before the tournament. And mm. uh, the, the papers are already behind Bex. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? And eventually he recalls him and he scores that free kick against Colombia, which is like another iconic Bex goal in the red shirt. So leading up to the Argentina game, Beckham's seen as like the missing piece in England's World Cup campaign. Obviously that doesn't go to plan. We know what happens in the Argentina game. I'd be interested to get your view. I think there's been a bit of revisionism around the, the Beckham thing where, you know, clearly it was a pretty harsh red card, but it was a dumb thing to do. But now the way people have portrayed it is like Beckham was really hung out to dry by the rest of the team after the game, which I, I don't remember. I, I, I literally am remember my exact feeling about it at the time crying was very well yeah and just thinking i fucking hate that guy yeah. and also i remember very weirdly i used to <laughs> me and my brother used to were quite geeky and we used to do a radio show called weekly birds <laughs> which we, when you say birds but no like and it was about yeah like the kingfisher oh, right. <laughs> it's a relief yeah ow. i was like yeah how, how old would it be nine or something and we had a little segment after this. We recorded a week episode of Weekly Birds and we had a little football segment at the end of it where we talked about this incident because we were so angry uh. about it. And I remember my brother using this phrase like, Manchester United have been babysitting the Premiership. 
What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. There's like having it for, for their own. And this guy, we and like, you know, we were Arsenal fans. And we really hated David Beckham for that reason. So this gave us an excuse to fucking hate him. Yeah. But there was this one amazing, um, well, I say amazing, it was rubbish. It was on the front of the, on the front of the sun or something where it said like, 10 courageous lions and one stupid boy. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just, that is ingrained in my memory. And I think that really reflected the public opinion, public opinion about him. And I only remember that, for, you know, from my perspective, but like everyone fucking hated him. And the documentary sort of makes it look like it was only when he got to Manchester that they embraced him with open arms and mm. loved him again. But I don't know. So I was reading through old copies of the News of the World today, the now defunct News of the World, who... Your personal ones. They were quite clearly happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my stack in the garage. Just <laughs> dusted them off. <laughs> so what you do instead of reading the newspaper in the morning yeah, is just, exactly. just, just go yeah. back 25 years. Give me some intel from hacked phones. <laughs> What's Michael Barrymore up to? <laughs> it's actually not a good period for Michael Barrymore in the <laughs> world here. It's not. If you're a fan of Michael Barrymore, don't read those. Um, is there a fan of Michael Barrymore? Uh, I'm sure they're knocking around. Yeah. They were quite clearly hacking Bex's phone, but weird because... There are stories that are, are very clearly sourced that way, and they admitted to it later. But they were quite supportive of him. And I was looking at some some tabloids were really on his case, and some journalists, but some were really behind him. So I guess maybe it was a bit more of a terraces thing, the witch hunt. But I like in the doc, they make out that Glenn Hoddle hung him out to dry because he basically said, like, yeah, the red card probably cost us the game, which I think it did. I think Simeone fucked us, but still. Well, they played 74 minutes. With 10 men. Yeah. And but the things, is that, I mean, it's a hypothetical and it went to penalties. And why isn't anyone giving fucking... David Batty and yeah, Paul David Mids. Batty yeah. a load of shit. David Batty wouldn't care. I always like, thought that. I mean, like after 1996, everyone fucking hated Gareth Southgate. Why didn't David Batty get... Because Ince missed as well, I think. Okay. And Beckham probably soaked up a lot of the, the Why didn't anger? David Batty have to wear a bag over his head and a piece of hair? But <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly David Batty just does not give a shit what anyone thinks. He's the only guy who's Mr. Pouncey and just like not really cared. After. Exactly. That's, the, that's his superpower. He's <laughs> yeah. shameless. Yeah. <laughs> He's never, he was never that high profile though, really. Paul Ince was though. It's surprising. Yeah. I think you're right. Beckham must have soaked it up. But Glenn Hoddle in that dog gets a pretty bad rep. And I remember my wife afterwards like, Glenn Hoddle, I hate him so yeah, much. my wife as well. Like, I mean, <laughs> public enemy number one amongst wives got, in London. Yeah. I've got other concerns about Glenn Hoddle, to be honest. <laughs> Which we've already covered. Is that, so we speculated earlier about the fact that Glenn Hoddle is not part of the documentary. Maybe that's the reason why he is painted as the villain. Or he was evil in a previous life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, the witch works in strange ways. <laughs> Glenn, anyway, the witch you will become a not very successful uh, England manager. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the witch hunt goes on for a while, right? Yeah. So it's so when the season, the next Premier League season starts, Beckham is just getting abused wherever he goes, and it spills over into his family as well, like Posh Spice. Wherever you mentioned it before. In the stadiums, there was this chant going that Posh Spice takes it up the arse that, that football fans would sing. And um, You're going to sing it? What's the tune? Uh, I don't even know. Tune? What's the tune? I'm tune? guessing. Posh Spice takes it up the arse, right? Uh, Probably. Posh Spice. Okay. Should we do it all together? Anyway, to the tune of Two Become One. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been, I think her reaction to that documentary was very, was very funny. And and I I won't hear a bad word again against her. I think she's excellent. She she Same. talks about in the in the documentary. <laughs> so she says that one time she was in the stadium, people started sing, singing that, and there was a 
an old woman sitting next to her and they're both sort of shyly sitting there and eventually this woman just turns to her and is like do you want a polo <laughs> what else do you say yeah. <laughs> it's pretending to yeah. ignore it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think that's quite a sweet reaction it's a way of saying like i i'm here i heard yeah, it and i'm yeah, with yeah. you yeah and yeah and posh comes out well in the doc like she the does. fact she's talking about that mm. and she talked about it on ali g and people laughed yeah she right. owned it. all right balance cop, <laughs> no, <I'm> balance cop. <laughs> pr cop <laughs> uh, so the season goes well for beckham as well so that's the 1999 season man united win the treble and that summer brooklyn is born and him and posh get married so they have this really lavish ceremony at a castle in Ireland. OK Magazine buy the rights for it. So it's this big like pop culture moment. And he goes over there and it's, it's very kind of traditional. He decides to do a stag night on the Friday and the tabloids build this up so much. They they call it, say it's going to be the stag of the millennium. Traditional um, wedding, the bride and groom in purple suits yeah. <laughs> sitting in thrones. <laughs> <laughs> The stag of the millennium doesn't quite uh, live up to expectation because Bex, Bex doesn't turn up. Um, so he, <laughs> he, he, uh, he apparently said that he doesn't want to spend a minute away from Victoria and Brooklyn, which is very, it's kind of a little bit on brand for this uh, yeah. bland character that we were just Let's just stay before. in and play strip um, scrabble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on your stag do with your wife. Well, they, who, so who's they best do? man? Gary Neville, presumably. Gary Neville was the best man. But- Is he pissed off they went out and had a good night anyway so um dwight Where york was it? it was in in dublin so they went out and uh apparently dwight york had an all-night bender so he was, he was seen at this pub in dublin balancing a tray of drinks on his head and they <laughs> they go out they go to a fat boy slim gig oh, and I then see. to some other god-awful club probably and there was a quote from the report at the time that said dwight york at one point seemed to be flagging, but then he suddenly perked up and became the life and soul again. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can, we can leave, we'll leave that up to your imagination. <laughs> Do you think if Dwight York, is that enough to sue them for libel? But I mean, Dwight, Dwight does have previous for this. So he was also Mark Bosnich's um, best man for his stag deal. That's, that's the infamous one where... Uh, they, Dwight York organised for them all to go to, out to this strip club in Birmingham and they, on their way out, Bosnich ended up lamping a photographer and Nicky his camera and uh, got arrested and woke up on his wedding day in Sutton Coalfield Police Station. <laughs> Where they had the ceremony <laughs> through the bars. <laughs> Can you imagine just seeing the sun rising through the bars being yeah. like, I'm getting married. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> yeah. Why do your stag the night before I your know, wedding? It's tradition, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But they're just, it's open to, to disasters like that. Yeah, I mean, ending up in jail, that's extreme. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. He did make the wedding though. Yeah. Him and Dwight York. There's quite good pictures of them getting out of the like cars to yeah, the wedding with sunglasses <laughs> on, just like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> It's not a great attitude. It's like, all I want to do is be in bed. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Just when exchanging vows. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, isn't, doesn't Dwight York his best man again? Yes, yeah, so he, he got married again a few years ago and, and Dwight was back on, back on best man duties. Yeah. You think, you think after the first time, you think maybe, maybe we'll, uh, let's just cut the middle man it, and have it this one, the police station. Yeah. <laughs> And towed it down this Dwight time. does a good job. He knows a big stag. He knows, stag he knows millennium. it. Yeah. Dwight York would be an excellent podcast. It would actually. You have, yeah. To, yeah. You have to engage the lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there would be some good content in that. <laughs> 
But fortunately, Bex doesn't end up in jail on a stag do. Well, he doesn't end up anywhere on a stag do. He's, he's in bed by 9pm. And the wedding, the wedding goes really well. Uh, they've got these, him and Victoria have these matching purple outfits. Brooklyn has one as well. So this is, the, this is the peak of his fame, but also he's, he's really like a footballing star by this point. So for Man United and, and England, really, he's, he's kind of the main man or one of the main men anyway. He has that, um, famous free kick against Greece where, um, this is like last minute and he seals qualification for the World Cup. Absolutely amazing. Goal. I always remember that free kick because I was watching it with my dad and Beckham had a fucking amazing game. He was all over the pitch. He was our only really good player. And then just before he was lining up the free kick, it's like injury time, isn't it? And my dad goes to me, he's going to score this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe. And I just moved and accidentally sat on, on the remote <laughs> and it turned the TV off. And my dad just goes, you fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> when I finally turned it back on, Beckham was just celebrating. My dad's just there just shaking his head, seething. <laughs> he was like, you ruined that. <laughs> It was it was so far out when you watch yeah. replays of it now it's like it was just, he had a good free kick on him. Yeah. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. But it's, it doesn't stay so good forever. So uh, by 2003, Alex Ferguson claims that um, Beckham's application had dropped. So I think he, a bit like Glenn Hoddle before, was kind of feeling that this like celebrity life was, was really taking over for Beckham and that he, he, he wasn't giving his all really in training. Um, he also apparently, even before he joined Real Madrid, had kind of been flirting. So there were rumours that... Um, some people from Beckham's team had had spoken with Real Madrid already. And this all comes to a head in 2003 in the FA Cup tie with Arsenal. So United lose 2-0. And afterwards in the in the dressing room, Fergie's absolutely furious. And he's berating Beckham. I think Beckham hadn't been tracking back or whatever. And he he kicks a boot at Beckham and it hits Beckham in the face on the on the eyebrow and cuts his head. And Beckham then emerges from the stadium with like stitches on his head and everyone knows that, that didn't happen during the match. So what's, what's gone on? And it causes this huge media storm. He milks it as well, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, well, this, this, this kind he of... He uses it to basically massage his way into... Yeah, well, yeah. there's, there's kind of... This... He comes out with an Alice band. Yeah. It's like, you've got your hair scraped back. Yeah. It, it's delicious. Yeah, that, that's what Is Alex there any Ferguson evidence said. that he was being distracted by... I was about to ask that. Because, I don't think it's true. It's, I just don't think it's true because... And all his teammates just, you know, staunchly defend the fact that he was always focused on his football. Well, they're always like, after training, there was only one person left on the training pitch, which is Bex banging free kicks. Yeah, and mm. he wasn't he wasn't drinking excessively. He wasn't fucking loads of different people. He wasn't like, uh. you know, well, <laughs> well, he wasn't he wasn't being like, you know, some of our, you know, friends of the pod like mm. Pennant and <laughs> Bender. Part of, part of me wonders as well if Ferguson just felt like he was getting a bit too big for himself yeah. and that he saw saw him as a challenge to his authority because that was that was mm. always Fergie's thing was like as soon as any player becomes bigger than the club or bigger than the manager then that's it you need to get him out because that's when the rot starts. Yeah, he's described and, by Gary Neville as a socialist. Who in the um, Ferguson? Fergie, he is, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's a big. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you mean yeah. in his managerial in his style? Manager he's also style. socialist. And also, in... he's a socialist. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I think there's probably Sir truth in that. Yeah. They, ne- they never have like super star-studded squads that Fergie's United for that reason. Yeah. yeah Unlike yeah. the place Beckham goes, Madrid, who are in the midst of the Galactico era. So they've got like a transfer policy of just signing the biggest superstars. And Bex arrives at quite a weird time because they'd won the league the season before, but then they have a massive clear out. And they, they get rid of like 12 players and they sign Beckham. And there's a bit of resistance. Like I think we've done an episode on the Galacticos, which we'll release soon. And isn't there a thing, Zach, where Zidane's a bit like, oh, why are we signing this guy? Yeah, so they they got rid of Makaleli and signed Beckham to kind of replace him. And Zidane said something like, there's there's no point putting a coat of gold paint on the Bentley if you're going to take out the engine yeah. kind of thing. I do think he was a really good player. Like, not a great, but a really, really good player. Anyway, I, I guess... Madrid was a real change of vibe for him because he'd been used to Fergie's discipline and like absolute squares, Paul Scholes and <laughs> Phil Neville yeah. just sucking up to Fergie and doing whatever he wants. And suddenly he's in a dressing room with like Ronaldo and Roberto Carlos who both split up with their wives within a year of joining Real Madrid. And Ronaldo, <laughs> I mean, you see, you see Ronaldo on the documentary. He's uh, he's a big lad these days because he enjoys the finer things in life. Mm. Um, and I don't want to do too many spoilers for the Galacticos episode, but he really leads the partying around Madrid and eventually Bex gets kind of sucked into that orbit. There's there's a, a moment in the first season where Ruud van Nistelrooy complains to the manager that the dressing room reeks of alcohol. So it's like, it's a lot of like party loving guys. It's very different. Posh Spice isn't loving it. She's quoted on the front page of a Spanish paper saying that Spanish people smell of garlic. <laughs> she claims in, in the documentary wow. that it's a misquote. Yeah. And it was taken out of context. Which- meant French people. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking like, the Spanish you, thing you, 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 yeah exactly you, you've um, sort of messed up your xenophobic references <laughs> to be fair she might have said Spain she might have said Spain smells of garlic not Spanish people okay um, is that, that better? No, I don't know no, they're both really <laughs> awful I find whenever often when people regret saying something they will just say I was misquoted and it was taken out of context yeah. especially but, in a Spanish mm. newspaper though I mean, it's a weird thing to I say. I thought she was speaking Spanish. Do you think, like, in the interview they sat down, it's like, it's Spanish Vogue, and they're like, yeah. so, uh, Mrs. Beckham, do you, you like any Spaniard? And she's like, nah, you all stinky garlic. <laughs> <laughs> Hate it here. Like, it's hard to believe you'd actually say it. Mm. Maybe it's another phone hacking situation. Yeah, yeah, could have been. Could have done her phone. Ask your old bosses, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> what, what old bosses? I don't know. <laughs> Never worked the news of the world. Or any tabloid. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so Beckham, I mean, he's he's a bit lonely because, you know, he dabbles in the partying with Ronaldo and co, but like most of them don't speak English. Uh, he doesn't speak the language. Posh is in London, steering well clear of any stench of garlic. Did she not move there then? <laughs> not initially. Okay. Um, because she's doing her thing. She's, you know, producing songs with Dame Powers. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that important work. Who, <laughs> bit, of, bit of trivia. He, didn't he go out with Katie Price as well, Dame Powers? He did. There's, there's a there sex There's a video, tape. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm acting like I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. If anyone's looking at this on the video, he's winking at me. <laughs> Pull it up. Um, anyway, she's making songs with Dane Powers. And this is when Bex grows lonely and he starts to grow close with his personal assistant, Miss Rebecca Luce. So there's there's a photograph that emerges in the September of the season he, he signed. So he's only been there a couple of months. And it's a pic of Bex laughing with Rebecca in a really like grainy nightclub snap. But they they are looking quite close. And supposedly on that night, Bex went out and got pissed with the agency who looked after him where Rebecca worked. And he said, this is the first fun night I've had since I moved here. So, you know, he's he's a bit sad. Posh sees the story about the um, 
about the photo of them in the nightclub and apparently hits the roof. Not not about the, this is the first fun night. <laughs> what about our Scrabble <laughs> evenings, David? No, we've been together about 10 years now. <laughs> first fun night in Madrid. Okay, is yeah. <laughs> anyway, Posh is livid. She gets Rebecca um, removed from Bex as an employee. She has to go and work on a different account. She basically gets put on menial tasks and actually Rebecca's agency lose Beckham as a client totally a couple of months later. But things bubble on. And in April 2004, so sort of six months, nine months after Beckham joins Real Madrid, the News of the World publish their world exclusive, the story you thought you'd never read, Beck's The Cheat. And the story describes over seven pages how Beckham cheated on Posh with Rebecca Luce. And most of the info is provided by a close pal of Rebecca Luce, mm-hmm. who I have reason to believe might be Rebecca Luce. Um, <laughs> quite a lot of it's like quite tender. So here are some quotes. He held Rebecca's head in his hands, kissed her passionately and said, I've wanted to be with you like this for so long. It's like, okay, that's, that's mm-hmm. not that, um, not that filthy. Yeah. I suppose, as Let's inject some Jermaine Pennant. Yeah, well, I was going to say, the question you guys will naturally ask is, how did she rate him between the sheets? We've only really ever had Tiger Woods who's had good reviews on this pod, right? Everyone else seems to get described as shit in bed. Shane Warne was a disappointment to Yeah, Shane Warne, yeah, disappointment to us. Um, <laughs> this is what Rebecca Lou says of Beckham. David was a sensational lover. Their sex was highly charged and explosive. It's an they, they, uh, crossed out there, scribbled they, in, in. They made love for hours. She describes another night where they go to Ronaldo's birthday party, which is the famous party where Ronaldo had buses of girls arriving. And apparently Luis Vigo arrives with his wife and she just sees the buses of girls and drags him away in disgust. But um, Bex, Bex and um, Rebecca meet up there. And then afterwards, quote, from again from Rebecca's pal <laughs> they didn't have full sex that night but decided to experiment <laughs> I can't believe she said these words pleasuring each other in a variety of ways including all manner of kissing and fondling <laughs> I refuse to believe that all wasn't written the, yeah, by 50 year old news of the world journalist <laughs> who's Neville Thurlbeck yeah. of course he apparently he was holed up with Rebecca for six months in Australia trying to find evidence so they could publish the story and they were about to give up. He was about to fly back to London and she remembered she had an old phone with texts from Beckham that were really incriminating. So was this, six was this ever confirmed? Was any of this ever confirmed? What do you mean by confirmed? Well, I mean, Beckham never came out and said this. Was so the news of the world do a follow-up story saying that he confesses to Posh, but he never publicly says it. He doesn't also publicly deny it. And you see in the doc that quite- How ca- did the news of the world get that story? <laughs> Which? I mean, it's so obviously a phone hack. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, and he's confessed. It's like, who the fuck? Yeah. Get, like, there's no way they the, would have that The news that. of the world, one old employee says in the phone hacking trial, something like, we we hacked his phone endlessly over and over again, constantly. Mm, like, okay, they were yeah. hacking back his phone. And then they did this story that Victoria had her home checked for, for bugs because she was paranoid. And the, the headline was like, paranoid posh spice checks home for bugs. And it's like, you got this story from bugging her phone. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, now, and now you're literally like publicly mocking her <laughs> well, it was for also... searching her home for bugs. Yeah, it's, it's actually really nasty it's really, taunting. Really yeah. But they are just taunting her. Yeah. And, there's, yeah, and they're like, Posh is wondering with her friends how this story emerged about Brooklyn. And I went back in the archives two weeks earlier. The story was a News of the World exclusive about Brooklyn. It's like, yeah. you hacked her phone. Yeah. Bastards. Anyway, the tech, so Neville Thurlbeck, the journalist out in Australia with this, uh, with Rebecca Luce, when they find this phone, they go through her texts. I've got some texts from Beckham here. That I found some quite rang ones, actually. 
You want them? <laughs> yeah. Yes. They're quite heavily, the news of the world censors swear words, so I've had to guess. So these are my guesses. <laughs> Could be different. Um, there's one from, from Beckham. You need a good fucking, I need a good suck. As w- and as well as your pussy, I would like to give you a good spanking as well. And then she doesn't reply for ages. I thought you- I was about to rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> you need a good fucking, was- I need a good suck. And as well as your pussy, I need a... Uh- <laughs> Fuck. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, then she doesn't reply for ages and he just goes, I didn't get carried away with that last message, did I? <laughs> 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 yeah, I prefer the, the sort of like light touching and the tender stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah now you want the filth. Yeah. Um, so then the News of the World a week later published another story about a two-year affair he had with an Australian escort between 2001 and 2002. So this is while he's at Man United. This one goes really under the radar. Um, Sarah Marbeck, she says, which Rebecca Luz also says, that Bex has a fantasy of living out the plot of Pretty Woman, the film, <laughs> where Richard Gere falls in love with a Julia Roberts, who's a prostitute, mm-hmm. right? Again, quite sort of innocent. Yeah, I didn't. I never heard that one. Yeah, and Bex also he he likes to call her Tinkerbell, and he's Peter Pan, and he also calls Victoria Wendy, and it's their messages being like Wendy can't find out. Which I think if I was Victoria, I'd be pretty. I mean, you'd be angry anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's the bit that I'm probably the least angry at. <laughs> anyway, so the news of what go to town for weeks, and it's a massive story. The Beckham later on, like there are a few, there are a few like sort of half denials. There's never ever thing being like these stories are totally untrue, and obviously he doesn't sue them, um, and there's there's no like comeback on that. Rebecca Lewis obviously goes on a big reality TV. She career. puts her hand up her. Cow she she, she wanks off a pig. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got that wrong. <laughs> she, she wanks off a boar. Yeah. That's Same sphere for studding on a program called the Farm. Yeah, yeah it's farmyard. Yeah, you got yeah, the farmyard yeah. element right. Yeah, but Posh and Bex do make up. Obviously, we all know this. They get back together. She moves back to Spain. Obviously, a really hard time. I think the way they talked about it in the doc is slightly odd, but I guess how else do you talk about your affair? I didn't see that bit yet. What do they say? Oh, spoiler alert. They they talk about it without ever mentioning what was actually, what they were accused of. They're just like these horrible stories. The press was against us. And then they say we were against each other for the first time. So there's, that's as far as they go is suggesting that like she was even angry Slight with acknowledgement. Yeah, which I guess is the best way to do it in yeah. your own doc. I would maybe would have just left it out entirely, but... It's such a big moment though. Yeah. Of their, yeah. their lives. So like I mean, his I, story. Yeah, I, I'm surprised by how many people you talk to now who think that he wasn't cheating and that it's a myth because as far as I'm concerned, he was. It was pretty mm. yeah. well proven. Does he publicly deny it? Or? No, not that no, I can find. So it's just... Don't, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, I mean, the texts are really damning and they're endless. I can read that And they're more. proven. Do you want more? Yeah, they're from a phone. So the News of the World traced the phone number to prove that it was David Beckham's phone number. So they're from a phone David Beckham owned. Anyway, so Posh and Bex, obviously they do make up and um, they, get, they then settle into Madrid a bit more. Like there's the odd moment. He misses the birth of his child Cruz because he's doing a photo shoot with J-Lo and Beyonce, which I find so odd. It's a good reason. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I find no, no, I have no truck with this. But Posh was like, I was having a cesarean and someone handed me a newspaper and the headline was, what would Posh say? And it's Beckham with J-Lo and Beyonce. Oh, so he, was it a planned cesarean? Because then, yeah, it was a cesarean. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. it wasn't an emergency. So he knew the date. It wasn't like yeah. he was on the other side of the world and with 
Yeah. And Posh talks about it in the doc. She's like, I was pregnant and JLo wasn't. And yeah. it was a bit yeah. of a slap in the and face. And we weren't married. <laughs> was, she, was she literally mid-cesarean when somebody showed her? She think just like, at least just, just, just tell her after. Yeah, like, so, sorry, <laughs> Mrs. Like, Becker, before we yeah. introduce you to your new child, have you seen this? You're being taunted by the tabloids. Thought you'd want to know. Again. I, I thought a nice detail was when Brooklyn was being, um, was born and David had to go outside and meet the press. He insisted that and Victoria do his hair. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, fuck, fuck <laughs> off. I just had a baby. <laughs> um, anyway, the, the period after that is a little bit better for Beckham in Madrid. He finally wins some silverware in his final season there, which is 2007. They win the league. That's the only big trophy they win the whole time Beckham's at Real Madrid, which is odd. It's obviously, you know... Uh, but then he decides he wants to go to America. Sounds like, again, Victoria was very keen to get out to mm, Hollywood. Mm. And to be honest, nicer life for a major celeb, right? Um, yeah. So in 2007, Beckham leaves Real Madrid and joins LA Galaxy, which was a bit of a strange move at the time because, I mean, the MLS is shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was, was shit. It's still, 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 not, still not great. Um, but this, and he, he, he then moves to Hollywood and it's part of this whole shift, it seems like, of his life moving into the realm of celebrity ism um so is he famous in america before this i think a i think bit. i think to an extent i mean tiny bit when tiny he, bit yeah but not really but this is a game changer for their yeah yeah, profile, yeah, yeah. yeah and so la galaxy when beckham signed were pretty shit i think they'd finished bottom of the mls the previous season um and at the time there was this salary cap in the MLS. I think there is still a salary cap now, but the salary cap at the time meant that LA had players who were earning like 13 grand a year um, playing, playing in their first team. Um, there were people with like part-time jobs as gardeners and pool cleaners, that kind of thing. Oh, so it's like sort of San Marino yeah, type so, set. Yeah, like yeah, amateur yeah, yeah. It's basically yeah. like people who had other jobs who were also quite good for, good at football and like played for the local team. Oh, it just happened that the local team also had David Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the MLS changes the rules, um, the, the salary cap rules so that they can sign Beckham. It ends up being known as the Beckham rule so they can have one special player who they can pay more um so beckham's on 6.5 million dollars <laughs> uh, a year which you can imagine how that goes down in the dressing room so apparently his uh his teammates played a game where they'd try and when beckham went for a shit they'd try and work out how much he'd earned during that time <laughs> by the time he came back and it was like he was earned, he earned in that time their entire salary more than like double what they earned in an entire year <laughs> But I still think you'd just be like, it's sick, I'm playing with David Beckham, yeah, wouldn't you? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's running resentful. rings around you as Rather well. Rather than resentful, yeah. Yeah, I guess. There's quite a good bits but... in the dock where they're, just, they're playing and they're just so rubbish and he's just shaking his yeah, head on the touchline. Yeah. yeah. Um, but apparently, they were, like, he later had a bit of a falling out with uh, Landon Donovan, one of his teammates, and Donovan said that Beckham was stingy and that, um, that like, when they went out for dinner, he didn't pay. <laughs> Yeah, really? Which is a bit yeah. shit when you're yeah. with the, when you, the guy. That would be bad. If you were earning like $20,000 a year and your mate was earning 6.5 million. Yeah. And he doesn't pay he for doesn't. split the fries. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't have, I didn't drink anything. Yeah. <laughs> you ordered the onion rings. <laughs> this tipping thing's so expensive. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Maybe he just didn't get the tipping culture. Yeah. and <laughs> That's why he thinks he's stingy. Um, but anyway, the MLS also... Um, 
in a, in a sort of bid to get Beckham to sign on, they give him this clause in his contract that he can buy an MLS franchise after he retires for $25 million, I think. And he does take them up so, on that. So he now owns Inter Miami um, and he's now signed Messi and Messi's got a similar deal, I think. Oh, so Messi will get his own club. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's part of Messi's he contract. Probably won't make the mistake Beckham made of making Phil Neville the manager. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing is Phil Neville was the manager and then when Messi arrived... Within a, a week before Messi officially signed, <laughs> Phil Neville got fired. Obviously, Messi was like, I'll come, <laughs> but I'm not playing for that guy. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, back to Beckham. So he's playing playing for LA Galaxy and all of his teammates are pretty shit. And he um, he basically gets has a conversation with Fabio Capello, who's the New England manager. And Capello tells him that if he wants to make the World Cup squad, then he needs to play for a top European team. And he says, why not, why not Milan? So Beckham kind of jumps at the opportunity and goes on loan to Milan for six months of the season while, while the MLS season is off. And this doesn't go down well with his um, his LA Galaxy teammates. He goes off, has his great time and comes back. They all think he's a bit of a part-time player, you know, he thinks he can just come swan in when he wants to and go off to bigger things. Um, so well, I mean, Lander- like- Surely they understand. Yeah. It's David yeah. Beckham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they shit. Yeah, well, they were trimming hedges. Yeah, like, <laughs> why, why weren't you at the Team Curry on Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> I was at the Met Gala, mate. <laughs> but the the uh, the fans kind of turn on him at that point as well. There's there's signs saying "Go home, fraud," and they they boo him at matches because they're also like losing all the time. They're rubbish, aren't they? Yeah, they lose yeah. twelve in a row at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he does the same thing the following season. So go, goes back to AC Milan, um, but then gets injured uh, and he ends up missing the World Cup after all. So yeah, that's obviously a big disappointment for him. That was his, kind of his last World Cup, mm, uh, last that. opportunity for a World Cup. But he then goes back to LA and I guess kind of throws himself into it a bit more properly. He wins two MLS Cups. I don't exactly know what an MLS Cup is, but it doesn't sound it's, big. Yeah, he he actually said that it was like his, his one of his biggest achievements, one of the greatest feelings he ever had on a football pitch. To be fair, he meet, Obama comes and like congratulates them, and there's yeah, like a speech yeah, yeah. for him. So I guess it is uh, mm. some sort of big deal. Yeah. So then he has this brief spell at PSG, wins the league there, wins the league, and then retires and cries on the pitch and cries yeah. on the pitch. So they they. He gets taken off after 80 minutes in his final game. They make him captain for the final game, sub him off, and he gets this standing ovation. Yeah, and then he retires, which, you know, Beckham's always been a family man. So he was probably quite happy at this point. It meant that he could spend a bit more time with his family, his eldest son, Brooklyn, for example. Um, So it must be hard living in David Beckham's shadow. At Brooklyn's wedding last year, the rabbi says what his wife is jewish the rabbi accidentally addressed him as david during, <laughs> during their wedding vows you'd be like come on like, oh, on my wedding spent day my, spent my entire life trying to, <laughs> trying to trying to avoid that i bet david loved that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but luckily brooklyn is a man of many talents so i don't know if you've seen this uh this photography book that he published uh, a few years ago um, which has some really fantastic photographs and captions. There's one that there's a photograph of an elephant that is completely in shadow. Like you can't, you can't see the elephant at all. And uh, the caption is elephants in Kenya. So hard to photograph, but incredible to see. 
I'll take your word for it. They're, they're definitely hard to photograph if you ask. <laughs> There's another one where it's called Dinner, and it's a it's a blurred photo of people eating dinner. You can't really see anything. It goes, you can't really make much out in this photo, but you can tell there's a lot going on. <laughs> the book's called What I See. What I See. Yeah, what yeah. I see. And uh, my favourite part about this was that Penguin, the, the book published, I don't know how he got Penguin to publish his book, but anyway, um, he did. I think I know. Um, <laughs> I, I can hazard a guess. <laughs> but Penguin, Penguin ordered a, organised a book signing and, and on the uh, publicity for it, it said, there will be no opportunity to view Brooklyn for non-ticket holders. <laughs> What's he? Like Lenin. Love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blimey. Yeah, like, to, to, to view Brooklyn. Come to view like Chairman Mao's <laughs> mausoleum. Yeah. Because that is the only thing you're getting out of him is just viewing yeah. him. <laughs> He's not going to give you much else. It's like traipsing past like the chimpanzees at the zoo. <laughs> view. <laughs> But so Brooklyn has now kind of reinvented himself as a chef and he somehow just keeps on bagging these, these TV appearances. Um, there was one I saw where he's, he's, he's on a, sh- on James Corden's show and they're making steak chips and mushy peas, which is a combination I've never, never seen before. But. Yeah, that's true, actually. Mushy peas goes with fish. Yeah. He also, have you seen the one where he does a, a bacon sandwich and he's like, what I like to do is just squirt a bit of ketchup on it. Like, <laughs> like he's invented the bacon sandwich. Yeah. Also, there's that really weird video where he's talking about the favorite, his favorite pub and it's called the Duck and Fiddle. But, but obviously, but he pronounces it the duck and fittle. Uh, like, he does the reverse. No, because obviously when, you know, British people go to America, they, they start oh, yeah. pronouncing their T's D, but he does the reverse. <laughs> it's like called it the duck fiddle, and fiddle. Like and he fiddle. Calls it, yeah, he calls it the duck and fittle. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like, don't sound American. Yeah, like, don't sound American. English. Make it really English. Does he have an American accent? Not really. Not really. He's got that weird Sounds song. a lot like David Beckham. Yeah, mm-hmm. Paul Brooklyn. He's a lovely lad. He is, he is. I think the tide has turned back because I think it was very fashionable to just absolutely rail on him. Yeah. And he's just this sort of like quite lovable... But I've never disliked him. No, just, no. Yeah. No. He seems to have a great life. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't do much. Talking of enjoying your free time, did you see the video of Beckham at Glastonbury? Yeah, that Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. he's sort of on the side of the stage like... Bucket hat on, nodding mm. along, quite sloppy looking. I'm mm. not suggesting he's taken any drugs, but he sort of looks like... Enjoying Ed Sheeran more than everyone else. He obviously loves Glastonbury. <laughs> who, who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. on it. <laughs> national treasure. But for national treasure, um, you'll be disappointed to hear that Beckham has been stuck on a lowly OBE since 2003, which he... Yeah, he's he's pretty pissed off about that. He's done his charity work. He's done his... He's been England captain... Um, and he, you know what he's waiting for? He's waiting for the, uh, the old Sir David. <laughs> to, yeah. be king. To, to, yeah, to be king. King David. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so this was in, 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 uh, 2017, he got overlooked again from the, uh, from the honors list. And there were these emails that were leaked where he calls the, um, the honors committee unappreciative cunts. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and and I think they 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 got in touch with it, with him for some other reason, and he said, unless it's a knighthood, they can fuck off. <laughs> CBE. And, uh, and when uh, I did all that fucking Olympic stuff for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want the freedom of the city of London. <laughs> 
Oh, he also he also quite brutally let rip on Catherine Jenkins. I'm not sure if she deserved it. He, she got an OBE, and she and he said uh, in an email that was leaked, Catherine Jenkins OBE for what? Singing at the rugby and going to see the troops, plus taking fucking coke. Fucking joke. <laughs> Should just say there's no evidence that Catherine Jenkins has been taking coke. <laughs> yeah, he's got a nasty side that you don't really yeah, see. Yeah, this is Beck, Beck's behind closed doors. Yeah, you don't get a knife of a filth. That's actually just reminded me of... Yeah, I probably pushed him down the queue. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure there wasn't some sort of tax thing with him? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's that. I mean, he does, he does do some bidding for Qatar. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, have you seen the video where he, there's a video where he says, "This is one of my favourite mornings. This is one of the best spice markets I've ever been to." <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's that counting against him. I mean, now he sent those emails. Yeah, because I, I mean, he's he's still he's still trying though. Did yeah. you see the uh, when when the when the queen died and he joined the joined the queue and was queuing for like twelve thirteen hours? That's that's uh, yeah. I thought it was quite cynical. Well, most think? people think he, he is a big royalist, isn't he? So, Mm-mm. but there was definitely a, a, a sort of a hint of give me the gong. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, he's a man of the people. I yeah. personally found it mental that anyone would queue that long to see the yeah. queen. I mean, well, if I'm going to queue to see someone, it'll be Brooklyn to view Brooklyn, <laughs> <laughs> not to find the queue. <laughs> lying in state. <laughs> Brooklyn Beckham, thank you, Penguin. <laughs> but I, it is a bit weird he hasn't got a knighthood when you think of all the other people who have. Yeah. Do you, th- do you think the nastiness now has? Who would you, who would you, who would you knock off for Beckham? Well, Jimmy Savile, probably for <laughs> <Yeah>. starters. <laughs> and you can take Captain Jenkins' OBE, frankly. <laughs> I think he'll probably get one in the next couple of years. Do you reckon? The thing is, you usually get one you like when you retire, and he's retired like three or four times now. Yeah, he needs mm-hmm. a new. Yeah, he's when you start a new job and then quit it. Do you think it's because he's lived in LA for such a long time that? Are they are they anti that? I don't know. He helped a lot with the Olympics. That was the time yeah. I think he get one. Yeah. That's he was. De- I mean, obviously he was doing it for the, that, but he that, I think he really thought. Yeah, that's he why he says unappreciative yeah. cunts, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Would you give him a knighthood? Yeah, I think nice. so. He's I, a great yeah. ambassador for sport <laughs> shagging. For... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are we gonna. I think I think that's basically the Beckham story, isn't it? We think so. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've gone into some juicy details. It's an interesting life because it's like. It's not, I found the documentary tries to portray it a bit as an underdog story and it's not. It's just like one guy's great life. Yeah. Doing lots of fun shit. Small blips of bad run-ins with the press. Yeah. And, you know, indiscretions on his own behalf. True. (laughs) Indiscretions aside, he's a national treasure and deserves a knighthood. Yeah. And very good looking. Yeah. All right. Still. If he was ugly, what career would he have had? That's a really good question. Would would he be, he'd be, he'd be Paul Scholes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else to yeah. say. <laughs> All right. If you've enjoyed this episode, please, we would love it if you told your friends about the upshot. It really helps grow the pod. We've had a big surge in recent weeks, but we still want to grow much, much more. So, you know, please put it in your WhatsApp groups where your your mates lurk who like this sort of caper. Thanks very much for listening. Hit subscribe as well. Thank you, Mickey, for joining us. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Zach. Thank you, Jack. Cheers. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. 